All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, August 4th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live in studio. Who are you? I'm Clayton. And I'm Pat. And my God, I know this is our weekend preview episode. We're going to talk bullet train, okay? We're going to predict Easter Sunday with Joe Coy, okay? Uh But we've got to start. With this news, I mean, we were getting requests yesterday from listeners wanting an emergency episode Mm -hmm. when the news dropped. But we had to wait, let things simmer, figure everything out. And we have got to talk. The Warner Brothers Discovery bombshells. Batgirl. I was about to say Batman, but it's Batgirl. Mm -hmm. The movie, the streaming movie, has been canceled. In the sense that, if you don't know... Batgirl was a movie that was fully produced. It was basically in final post-production. It was set to release on HBO Max sometime in the next year. And Warner Brothers Discovery announced that the movie will never be seen anywhere. Not going to movie theaters. Will not be released on streaming. It is going in the Day the Clown Died vault. Mm -hmm. That is where... Who... Would have thought that that vault had been so prestigious. Yes. The Jerry Lewis Holocaust Clown movie. I'm trying to think what other movies are in the It Will Never Be Seen Anywhere vault. Right. Well, anywhere. I mean. Anywhere. Roger Avery's Glamorama or whatever is seen a little bit. And The Day the Clown Died has been seen in parts. And like it has been screened. I mean, Batgirl has been screened. There have been test screenings. There are human beings alive who have seen Batgirl. There are human beings alive such as Harry Shear who have seen Jerry Lewis's Holocaust Clown movie. Yeah. But they're all basically in the vault of there will never be a publicly known way to see this movie. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there is someone who could hook you up with a – I mean, Batgirl might be harder to see than the Jerry Lewis Holocaust Clown movie at this point. It's going to end up on Pirate Bay at some point, you would think, right? It's never been released digitally. and. I'm sure, listen, everyone on Twitter is like, release the MP4, you know, to these people who work in post-production at Warner Brothers, they're not going to release this file. They would get sued for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. Their grandkids would be paying off uh, David Zaslav in court. So The guy who leaked Expendables 3... Got, they hung like, him. They, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was hung in a public square. Yeah, he was the, hung at the Grove. The guy who remember when there was that pre VFX version of Wolverine that time. That dude went to prison mm-hmm. and yeah. got shivved or something. Yeah. Like no one's gonna release Batgirl. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. That's never gonna. Okay, so that's the news. Is that Batgirl? Ninety million dollar uh, budgeted. Ninety million dollar budget. Also. A little overlooked, Scoob 2, the the sequel to Scoob, same deal. It's in post-production, and David Zasloff, the new head of Warner Brothers Discovery, said, you're never going to see it. And the reason is, by not airing it anywhere, they get some kind of tax write-off. Absolutely, yes. So they have—basically what they have reasoned, and I think what we're going to start to talk about now, is that— the money they get 
on this tax write-off is worth more from this point going forward than the value of these movies being aired on their streaming service. Whatever that streaming service is, because today also was the Q2 earnings call for Warner Discovery, and they announced that next summer HBO Max, Discovery Plus, it's all going to be part of some kind of big combined streaming service. So Batgirl ain't going there because the tax write-off is a greater value than what that movie could do. So Clayton... That's an interesting proposition or an interesting thing to basically hear a corporation admit out loud the minuscule value of streaming content. And also, yeah, exactly. I think you hit it on the head. And it is funny that people are up in arms for a business acting like a business and being honest about it, right? In the sense of because movies are an art form. And people look at Batgirl not as a $90 million write-off. They right. look at it as a an undertaking by talented creative people. Which, which it I was. Agree, which it was. It definitely was. But at the end of the day, it is also a $90 million widget that if it is more if, – if you're going to profit more by writing it off – as a tax write-off, then releasing it, then a, any business will do that. And it's and it's really it, streaming had this kind of people were thinking of as as a haven for talent, mm-hmm. as a haven for artists. And this is the reality, folks. It's not. It is just a stream of content. And if that content does not bring in subscribers and most importantly mm-hmm. make Wall Street happy then it will not be on streamers. The days of the haven for artists that streamers were supposed to be or put themselves out as is gone. Right. It's gone. Well, because now streaming, Wall Street doesn't like streaming anymore. They woke up this year and they said, hey, we don't like it. Mm Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. like, I don't know, uh, golf maybe instead. Yeah. Is golf the thing? Netflix is stupid. Netflix, and that is what Wall Street does. They don't know their ass from their elbow. They definitely don't know art. They don't know whatever. They like streaming for two years, and then they, all those, everyone who worked on Wall Street those two years, they died of coke heart attacks, and a new bunch of Wall Street guys came in, and they don't like streaming. So yeah. now streaming is worthless, mm-hmm. or at least it is not worth infinite amounts of investment money just by existing. So now I think what you're seeing, and I think what Warner Brothers, Discovery, Plus, Double, you know, Excelsior is going to, is basically saying is that you, you can't make infinite amounts on streaming. You can't spend all this money to make streaming content and get your money back just by putting it on streaming. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is something that Scott Mendelson has said. I've seen him say it again on Twitter recently. There's someone I follow who's very smart, the the entertainment strategy guy on Twitter. He's been a big proponent of this, and we've been a big proponent of this, that if you make something this expensive, you make these movies, you got to put them in movie theaters because it is crazy to forego the revenue stream that is theatrical. Mm-hmm. Because streaming is not a true revenue stream per movie. No. Especially when 
putting all these movies, as we've seen with all these different streamers, does not increase your subscribers. So what would Batgirl, again, as a business, it is, it's sad for everyone involved that that movie's never going to get seen. It is really shitty. Mm-hmm. But as a product, that movie would not have increased subscribers at all. And because it wasn't going to theatrical, it couldn't make money theatrically. And so they probably, they look, and the other thing is, it's new management. The Discovery people, David Zaslav, they didn't make Batgirl. They Mm -hmm. didn't greenlight Batgirl. They probably saw the movie and didn't like it. They did see the movie and didn't like it. And so to them, they're like, this is someone else's problem. Yeah. This is Jason Kylar's problem. Yeah. They didn't spend money on it. Jason Kylar did. And sunk cost fallacy, all that. Don't throw good money after bad. And they probably looked at this and they said, this movie isn't that good. It's definitely not good enough to put in movie theaters. It's not going to increase a single subscription on our subscription service. So I guess we're getting rid I mean, again, when you say it, they should just still show it. I mean, how much is this tax write-off in the scheme of a multi-billion-dollar company? It's definitely very uh, uh, cutthroat to take what is probably like I don't know a ten million dollar tax write-off. I can't imagine it's like anywhere near the cost of the budget of the movie. But I guess they're like, we'll take one over zero. Well, here's the thing, though: we, it, money is something. Mm-hmm. And it's important when you're running a business. But something else that is important is relationships mm-hmm. and your word and your contracts and how you treat talent. Okay. Right. So Warner Brothers has gone in the last few years from being what streamers wanted to be, which was a haven for talent, mm-hmm. for top quality talent, mm-hmm. right? You had. Nolan. Right. You had... Clint. Clint, who's still there. Bradley right? Cooper. You have Bradley Cooper. Affleck. You have Affleck. Affleck. You, Affleck. You have your boyfriend way back, Todd Phillips. Not you my have, boyfriend way back. You have... They these, used to be the Stanley Kubrick... Yes. You know, home. They cultivated talent. Then they did the day and date stuff on HBO Max. Nolan threw a hissy fit, and we've talked about this. He took right. his his bomb movie and went somewhere else. Right. And now you have these two directors who did a huge hit, Bad Boys, Bad Boys for, for Life. Life, resurrected a film franchise mm-hmm. that I think that was a difficult thing to do. Oh, yeah. And they nailed it. They get a chance to do Batgirl, right? And so they're psyched about it. This is their next big thing. They're part of the Warner Brothers family. They feel like they're going to be treated the same way that talent has been treated forever mm-hmm. with Warner Brothers. Now, their movie was going to go to streaming, but I think they realized uh, this is just the new reality, right? And we'll it, do streaming o- it always movies. was. It was yeah. greenlit as a HBO Max movie. Yeah, and we'll do streaming movies, and then we'll do regular uh, Hollywood movies that go into the theaters and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You have Michael Keaton, who is reprising his role as the original Batman. In this was going to be his... Well, I think actually this was going to come out after Flash. So that that's one of the problems, too. So Michael Keaton was coming back as Batman in a few DC movies. 
Flash would have been the first one, mm-hmm. and then Batgirl would have come out after Flash. So yes. one thing you've been hearing is that at these test screenings of Batgirl, people were very confused as to why Michael Keaton is Batman. Mm-hmm. Because I guess it's a lot of younger people who weren't aware he is Batman. Yeah. And they were just people who's like, Ben Affleck is Batman. And the Flash movie had never come out, so they just hadn't seen the introduction of Michael Keaton as Batman in this new universe. Yes. So Michael Keaton will possibly never be seen as Batman. It's possible, because as much as uh, Laszlo, Zaslo, I'm sorry, Zaslo, Zaslov, sorry, Zaslov is saying that this Flash movie is coming out. This Flash movie is not coming out. Because the, the DC is uh, th- their direction with their continuity is not working. It hasn't been working for a long time, and I think they're going to reimagine the whole DC slate. And if we do see like Shazam two, if we do see Black Adam, which we will see, yeah, Black that's Adam's be the definitely end, coming out. That's going to be the end of the line for that continuum of DC films. I mean, Aquaman I think, two, it's there's going to be a reimagination of this. I think you're going to get some of those actors still being those characters. Like I, I would be shocked if The Rock isn't Black Adam. For a while, because he's the biggest movie star in the world, and you know it makes sense. But I agree, they're gonna they're gonna reboot this thing. I could see the Flash never coming out. Um, I could see they've already put Ben Affleck as Batman in the Aquaman two movie that's mm-hmm. coming out at some point. And yeah, they're they're gonna. I mean, they they said today Warner Brothers that that DC is going to be their most important franchise. They're going to have the best people, have all the best brains in the room and all that. And I, well, I I mean, I think the the thing is, what we're also seeing is there has been this weird middle ground on movies the last few years with all these streaming movies where you have these expensive streaming movies that, look and are dog shit. Mm-hmm. And they cost a lot of money because, because, not because that money goes on screen, but because in traditional theatrical movies, the big players, the movie stars, the director would get points against the box office. And instead now, everyone gets paid a ton of money up front because there is no box office. And that's why the budgets are so much bigger than how they seem on film. You know, so something like The Gray Man costs $200 million and it looks like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie from the 90s. But that's because there's no box office, so they pay Ryan Gosling like $50 million. Mm-hmm. And I think Batgirl, you know, maybe not at that level because there aren't giant stars in it, but I think... It's probably one of those movies that cost $90 million, but like all these streaming movies, looked like shit. Well, yeah, we listened to— I listened Even though to, the directors are good, and I'm sure this actress, Leslie Grace, who played back— I'm sure everyone's very good, everyone's talented, but these streaming movies, other than your, like, auteur, you know, Noah Baumbach movies or The Irishman or whatever, they, they just look— like trash, and it does make sense for that type of movie to go by the wayside because people don't want those 
expensive but crappy looking movies. Exactly. We both listened to The Town, the great Ringer podcast. Yep, Matt Bellany. And in that, there was an episode, I think, yesterday about this, maybe okay. the day before. And the, 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 the buzz from the screening was exactly that, is that this $90 million movie looked like a TV pilot. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the direction they wanted to go with DC. Right. So, I mean, because they all... Or wait- that they should go with movies either. I mean, the thing is, television movies have existed since the beginning of time, which was the 1950s when television was invented. Yeah. And television movies are of, have always been of a certain level. They've been your three Long Island Lolita movies on the same week. Mm-hmm. They've been your I Know My Name is Steven. You know, they've been TV movies. And then there were HBO movies where it's like, who's a famous guy that Al Pacino could play? Mm-hmm. And you would do those movies. And, and then Jay were, Roach directs it. Right. And Jay Roach directs some kind of political movie. Yeah. And those are all fine TV movies. Well, like The Late Shift. You would never expect to see The Late Shift on a big screen. Right, right. But you also wouldn't spend $90 million to make The Late Shift. And I think that is the problem now is these streamers make TV movies at theatrical budgets and they don't put them in theaters to get box office because the movies are not good enough to be in theaters. Mm -hmm. And you either should make a television movie which is super duper cheap and it's fine that it doesn't make any box office or you got to make movies good enough to put out in theaters and they got to make box office. So it all comes back to box yes, office. Because it's pretty clear cut here and you've spelled it out is that what this is going to do is really solidify theatrical films as the thing to aim for. Mm hmm. Right. Because you can get you can make Baffa Bobo at the theater. Yes. And you can't on a streamer. Even the biggest, best movie is just not going to have the cultural impact or the financial impact if it is tucked away as an original HBO, HBO Max film. Right. It's just right. not going to happen. We've seen that with Netflix. Netflix floods the market with crap tries to put out prestige stuff, and it just gets sunk to the bottom of the sewage pit. Right. Even the stuff that has been great. I mean, it's I've we've said it before that if movies never play in theaters and never play on cable, eventually they they just can't can't crack that ceiling of really getting into the culture. Like mm-hmm. something like Marriage Story, if it had made its $41 million at the box office and then was playing on TNT and people a hundred times caught it in the middle of the scene where Adam Driver bangs on the wall. That's a movie that would be a lot more in the consciousness than it is just being a streaming movie tucked away on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And so you look at another piece of news that came out the last few days is that they have not only said that some of those upcoming movies will never be on streaming, Batgirl and Scoob 2, but... There have been HBO Max original movies that have been pulled off the service. American Pickle is no longer on HBO Max. There are, I think, five or six other movies made in the last year, not the Soderbergh movies, but a few other uh, HBO Max movies. They're pulled off, and the reason is 
you actually do have to pay production companies or different partners just to have it even on your own service. It's not totally free. And I think they looked at the numbers. I liked American Pickle fine, but I will never watch it again. Mm -hmm. And that is a movie that probably goes days with zero views. Yeah. Weeks with zero views. And they must look at it. And this sucks because people are going to want to see it someday and things should exist somewhere. But they're making these movies that aren't good enough and don't have any cultural impact because they've never played in theaters. They've never been on cable and no one's watching them. And so if you're the owner of that company, they look at it and they say, why are we paying anything for this? Yeah, it's it's so weird. And I think I, I believe it was Scott Mendelson. And if I'm if I'm wrong about this, someone please correct me uh, via email. But I remember somebody writing about how the the crazy thing is that they Hollywood created a system that was perfect mm-hmm. in the sense of movie, then home video, yep. then cable, right? Like this down NBC, then NBC, right? Like this, and then there was even more additions to that later on, right? So because you had theatrical, then you had DVD, Blu-ray, then you also had download. In right. case you're t- you want you love a movie so much you're too lazy to go to your your DVD case and take it out or you want to watch it on your laptop and you don't have a DVD player you can have that too and then again HBO it, premiere Saturday night yeah then it, eventually it's on like channel fifty five and and you're you're getting paid by like channel eleven WPIX Saturday afternoon movie and that's the stream that's you the stream. should be thinking about yes. not the streamers aren't streamers. They're pawns. Yes. Right? Where you have to dredge, and you're dredging for something good. Right. With a stream, you can see down it. You can see movement. It's... It's a positive thing. Right. A pond. Streams pass through different environments. Yes. They pass by this town, and then they go to another town, and another, oh, we're in the theatrical town, now we're in the DVD town, and now we're in HBO Saturday Night Premiere town. A and each stream, time they're waving and they're saying, bye, good luck on your next destination. Right, right. A fish going through a stream, going downstream in all these different distribution platforms, that's a happy fish. Mm-hmm. But a fish that's in a pond, which is what Netflix is. Netflix is not a streamer. It's a ponder. There's an unhappy fish that makes no money, and that fish is not culturally relevant. It stagnates. It stagnates. The water becomes murky. You can no longer see what you want to see. I mean, that is the issue. And like we said, all this does is solidify that theatrical is now more important than ever. Right. And again, this news, it's terrible for anyone who worked on these movies because you don't want to end up in the Jerry Lewis Holocaust clown movie vault, which is so crazy that Michael Keaton's Batman is in that vault. It is it is wild to think that this thing of getting Michael Keaton back to play Batman, which is something everyone clamored for or lots of people clamored for and seemed like an event is now something that is in the Day the Clown Died vault. Mm-hmm. We're never going to see Michael Keaton return as Batman. No, but there's footage that exists. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if Michael Keaton cares because he definitely got paid, but 
I'm sure there's money that he's losing out on because it's not going to streaming. It's a little bit of a uh, an insult. It's definitely an insult to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has said he has never watched any of these superhero movies. He doesn't understand what movie he's in when he does these. So, and also he's in the he's in the Marvel's Spider-Man movies too. So I mean that right. the, he's he, the guy's doing fine. He's doing fine. Um, I do want to put this out there because this is also something that as soon as Batgirl got canceled and they saw that Ben Affleck was back as Batman and Aquaman, you had all the Zack Snyder people immediately say, this means that they're rebooting the Snyderverse. They're going to do Snyderverse, Discovery like Snyderverse. Zack Snyderverse is not... David Zasloff of Discovery has no idea who Zack Snyder is. I mean, that's hyperbolic, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care. David Zasloff runs Discovery. He cares about Mike Rowe and Dirty Jobs. You're right. That's he true. He cares about the Property Brothers. He does not give a shit about that Zack Snyder's uh, Dawn of the Dead remake was better than expected. Yeah. He does not care. He cares about Micro's dirty jobs. Yeah. He doesn't care about Snyderverse. He's not rebooting the Snyderverse. The only reason Ben Affleck is back as Batman is just to make it make a little more sense in that Aquaman movie. Snyderverse is not happening. There was the article a few months ago that those were all bots anyway Mm -hmm. that – basically ganged up on Warner Brothers and forced them into yeah. that movie. Well, after Ashley Madison closed down, then that's where all the bots traveled to. Yep, they all went to the Snyderverse. So the B.O. boys are stating it right now. The Snyderverse is never coming back. David Zaslav does not give a half a shit about no. Zack Snyder or his verse, and he does not know who they are. Mike Rowe will be back playing the Joker before Jared Leto was playing the Joker. Well, I mean, speaking of the Joker, they did make the announcement that that that, that sequel is a go with Lady Gaga. Again, Lady Gaga is kind of in the Warner staple yep. because she was in Stars, Stars Born. Born. So and it's her and, and, uh, and Joaquin Phoenix is back as Joker. Yeah, so it's it's they're trying to show, listen, we still are about the artist. And, and the honest truth is, as much as... I did not like that Todd Phillips mm-hmm. movie. And without seeing Batgirl, I got to say, uh, that the quality of the Joker 2 movie is going to be so much better than Batgirl. Because it will be produced for theatricals. Yes. So the budget will reflect that because Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga, their salaries will be huge salaries plus points against the box office. Mm-hmm. All the big players will get points against the box office. So the money that's being spent on the budget is real money that's focusing on what you see on screen. It's not streaming money where everyone gets like giant quotes because there's no points in the movie. Well, and, that's- and people will try harder on the movie because if the movie's good – It'll make more money at the box office. Well, when you look at the day and date stuff and the big payouts that they had to give these creatives, like like Patty Jenkins, right? the The payout she got for Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is immense, double digit million. It, it's insane. Yeah, and it it's doesn't insane. The this director's payout. Yeah, and 
listen, I I don't want to single out a female director, so I mean, I'll uh, say too, like uh, the the director of of Dune, like right. all of these people who were not able to earn that money at the box office, they still got huge payouts, right? And, and they deserved he, it and, because they would have got box office. But, That's the ScarJo thing with with Black Widow. But they didn't have to earn it. You have to make them earn it, right? Well, I mean, it'll make it for a better movie if people are are you know the invested big in it, invested yeah. in the quality of the movie. And I think this is a listen again. It's a shame this movie got canceled. All the people involved. It's it's terrible. Below but, the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But hopefully, this isn't a sign that Warner Brothers Discovery is not going to pay to make stuff. Hopefully, it's a sign that they're going to make less streaming movies and pay to make movies that come out theatrically. Yes. That, yes. Is, the, that is the hope. And I hope that includes stuff like American Pickle, things that, you know, the Steven Soderbergh movies. I mean, we there have been rumors recently that the... Magic Mike 3, which was slated for HBO Max, Steven Soderbergh recently said that actually might now be a theatrical release. And I think that is the that is the hope with this, is that something like Magic Mike 3, which always should have been theatrical. Yes, both, yes. The first movie was a juggernaut at the box office. The second movie was a big hit, which the second movie did the box office of what you would have prayed the first movie would have done. Mm-hmm. Both big hits. Channing Tatum is a movie star. Dog and Lost City were both big movie hits this year. Yep. So something like Magic Mike 3 should be made with theaters in mind, made at that quality level, and it should get box office and earn everyone a ton of points. Yeah, absolutely. That's how you keep your talent happy. Yeah. And, and so we don't want it to just be DC movies at the theater from Warner Brothers. That would be a disaster. Mm-hmm. But hopefully they're going to make better movies that are designed to go theatrically. And streaming should be HBO shows, which are great. Yeah. Streaming should be Hacks and and Winning Time and all these shows. That's what should be on streaming. Succession. Not the Batgirl movie. Succession. The Batgirl movie, it's a comic book movie. It should be in movie theaters. Yeah. It's a shame it's in the Day the Clown Died vault, but it should have been made for movie theaters. Do we want to talk about movie theaters now? Do we want to talk about a movie that's actually coming out yes. in theaters? All right, because this is a preview episode. There was a lot of big stories we had to cover, and I think we thoroughly did it without being clickbaity. That's no. why we didn't want to jump on mics and just start trying to get clicks. Yeah, saying rumors. Yeah, rumors and innuendo. That's not what we're about. Bullet Train. Yes. Brad Pitt. Yes. Bad Bunny. It's a movie in movie theaters. Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Cameo voice, possibly. She's in it as much as Brad Pitt is in Lost City, probably. Right. Probably less. Brad Pitt actually ended up having a decent 15-minute sequence in in Lost City. So this is a film directed by David Leach, or Leitch, who also directed... I mean, he was a co-director of... The first John Wick. Okay. Correct. And then he did, I think he was the one who did Atomic Blonde. I think he did Atomic Blonde. Or is he, or is he Deadpool? Uh, Or is he all of those things? He may be all those things. There, um, so it is a, 
action movie that I have seen in a few places be compared to Smoke and Aces in terms of in terms of like feel, not budget level or not, you know, griminess, but but definitely like it's got that a lot's going on, everyone's quippy, ultraviolence, not clockwork orange, but Smoke and Aces ultraviolence. It does have a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. And that tracks. middling, but Mm -hmm. it is action. You know, it's, here's the thing. It's a, it's a Brad Pitt movie. Brad Pitt is hot right now. He's beloved. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's done a good job of keeping himself special. He won the Oscar a few years ago for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Everyone loved him in Lost City, so he's he's as hot as he's ever been. But, and he's had a ton of hits. Yeah. But Brad Pitt is not Tom Cruise. He's not even, I would say, The Rock in the sense that, you know, $200, $300 million hits on the regular. Yeah. So this is no guarantee no. of being huge. And if you look at, if you have up in front of you Brad Pitt's The Numbers, obviously he is a movie star. He's had lots of hits. But if you look at his last, like, 10 years, and he doesn't act that much. No, he produces more. Um, you know, you had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood 2019. That was a huge hit, made 140, open to 40 million. But that was him and Leo. So it's not like that's a Brad Pitt star you know, you look at something like Allied in 2016. That only made 40 million total. You look at I'm just looking at movies where he is the star. Obviously, he was in things like Big, Big Short, but Fury, the the tank movie, that ended up making 85 million total. World War Z is the big one, made 200 million total. So that's his biggest ever. That's his biggest ever. It was based off a of bestseller. It's a zombie movie. So, you know, Bullet Train, I think, is more in the zone of a of a Fury. You know, it seems more commercial than Fury, but it's in that zone. You know, Inglorious Bastards 2009 made $120 million. Again, that's Tarantino. I mean, that— But, but uh, yeah. it was Tarantino—that was Tarantino's first blockbuster in the sense that that Django, Once Upon a Time, those were the ones that moved him into blockbuster territory. Because mm-hmm. before that, it was like the Kill Bill movies, which were hits, but not $100 million movies. Yeah. So I think, you know, all right, the tracking on this movie is 27 to $39 million. 36. 36. And that actually feels higher than I've been feeling the last few days. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, we just let, let, let's just look at like the David Leach's uh, history here. With so is he Deadpool or he's not Deadpool? He's Atomic Blonde in 2017, mm-hmm. opened to 18, made 51. That was a disappointment. Deadpool two he directed solo, and that was a huge hit. Obviously, opened to 125.5, legged out to 324. Then he did Fast and Furious present Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, that's Opened what to he 60, did. Okay. Legged out to 173. Now he's doing Bullet Train. Right, right, right. So, so he's he's Helms hits for sure. He's he, not a he's not an auteur, but yeah. he's like he he steers the ship. I feel the thing with Bullet Train and the uh, is that I should be completely in the wheelhouse for this. This should be in my wheelhouse. You love Brad. I love Brad and I like action. 
but the tone of this is that sort of jokey, smug action that mm. I really hate because that's mm. rarely ever funny. Right. Action is rarely ever intentionally funny. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I'm th- the, the trailers have not gotten great responses in the theaters that I've been to. Right. So I, I think I'm going to go uh, low on this tracking. Okay. And not outside of the tracking, but I'm going to say this is like a 27, 28 okay. million. I mean, it, I think it even could go as low as 25, 23. Because I just don't think that there's much passion here for this. Yeah. I, I'm sort of in the same boat. I'll go 30 on the head. Okay. So, like, still on the lower end of the tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more excited. For, I think where this movie is going to live or die is going to be the fact that nothing else is coming out in August. Yeah. Nothing's really coming out in September. Mm-hmm. And... Obviously, Maverick's going to continue. Nope is still out there. There's Thor still out there. But Bullet Train could open to 30 and still do 100 million total just by default mm-hmm. of like the next six, seven weeks. It's one of like four or five movies that anyone's going to see. Yeah. So I'm going to go 30, but I don't think that means that this movie is. Uh, is going to necessarily fall, lo- you know, under a hundred. Like okay, it, it has a shot. If it, you know the reviews aren't good, but if people like it, then I think it'll play pretty well for the next month. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I wanted to look real quick at the bodyguards. What is that? The Hitman's, Hitman's bodyguard. bodyguard. That's a good comp for this. I mean, because it's that Brett kind of Pitt's tone. a bigger star than Ryan Reynolds, you know, is obviously, but that's a good comp. That's an August movie that I think it legged out to like 84. So off so, of like a $25 million opening. Am I right? Opened to t- in 2017. Also had the, the, the biggest value add Ever Samuel Jackson, right, so you right. got to add that in there. Open to twenty one, laid out to seventy five. Mm-hmm. So you were very close, but I mean that's the kind of thing. Obviously, you're going to give this a Brad Pitt bump, and I feel like that Brad Pitt bump for this type of material gives you maybe five mil. Right, and that so Hitman's Bodyguard that year twenty seventeen legged out to like three and a half times its opening. So if Bullet Train opens at 30. That means it could leg out to 105, which would be a pretty good success. I don't know exactly what the budget is, but like, what more could you ask for on this movie? If it needs to make 300 million to break even, then it never was going to break. Then you're overpaying. Exactly. Your budget's too high. But uh, yeah, I think 30 million feels right for this. It could go lower if people come out on Friday and it's a stinker. Mm hmm. Uh, I do think there's a chance the real audience likes this more than the reviews. Yeah. So, yeah, I think and 30 it's, million. It's getting the PLF screens and IMAX. Right. So it may not keep something. those for long because eventually Spider-Man No Way Home's going to get him back for that weekend. Maverick is definitely going to get him back. Got to. But I'll be I, first in line, too. Yeah. Telling you what. So there's another. We got to do this real quick because we actually have a movie to catch. Of course. We We're are going working. opening night to see... Bodies, bodies, bodies in 
in limited release. So next weekend, we'll be talking bodies, 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 wide release. But of course, Clayton and I are Coast Elites, and we get to see movies like that a week early. Absolutely. So this weekend, though, in wide release, it is the comedy Easter Sunday starring comedian Joe Coy. And this is one that at the beginning of the summer, we sort of pegged as like, could this be a big hit? Because it's a comedy, because he's a very popular comedian who you've said many times actually sells tickets. People come out and yes. leave their house to see him. Yes. But the word on this movie is just that it is pretty bad. And it, it, the thing about it is that this type of movie that is really aimed at a specific demo can do Baffa Bobo, like My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Right. Or Crazy Rich Asians. Easter Sunday does not feel like it's going to be that quality, and it may not bring out a, a mass of people that normally don't see movies right. the way those movies did. And I think with a movie like this, which is a comedy, mm-hmm. not an IP big effects movie, the movie has to be good. Yeah. You know, if you look back, as much as people crap on dumb comedies or— most comedies that have done really well have been quote unquote good, or at least they have been movies that people of that time really thought they were funny. Mm-hmm. So like if Easter Sunday just ends up and the reviews look like it's it's not going to be that, it's just not going to do well at the box office. I mean, A bad looks- comedy can't do well. We haven't seen this. It might not be bad. It might be that the reviewers are totally off. Yeah. And we've got like a mannequin situation where it's people just love the movie. But right now, it kind of seems like a comedian who is a big draw, but not nationally like mainstream name recognition. And also maybe doesn't translate to the screen as well. We'll see. I mean, we haven't seen this movie. The tracking on it is four to eight. I mean, they're comparing this, and you said this before we recorded, and I winced. That it's getting compared to The Kitchen. Yeah. With $55 million because with its pre-sales and that's- 5.5. 5. What, uh, what did I say? You said $55 million. Oh, I'm so sorry. 5.5. 5. Yeah, no. Uh, the Kitchen, uh, Jesus. I don't want to live in the universe where The Kitchen opens to $55 million. That was, as much as I love box office, that would be yeah. a, a weird world. Yes, absolutely. So uh, this looks like it's probably going to not do well. I'm going to go on this one in the- Four million range. I mean, I do think that this could go three, but I'm going to say it's going to do 4.5. So you think Easter Sunday cries macho? I think it does cry macho, yes. You know what? I got to go higher than the kitchen. So I'm going six million on on Easter Sunday. So all that said, I'm going on the higher end of the tracking. Wow. It's got to do more than the kitchen. I don't think so. Well, Melissa McCarthy is a movie star, but I don't know. I think... I think the there's going to be an audience that's going to go see this opening weekend, and then it'll fall off a cliff. Okay, so real quick, let's do our top fives. Yep. We got to talk about DC Super Pets and what it's going to drop. A yeah. movie that's already out of the public consciousness, and I just totally forgot that it existed until I looked at this chart. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of people who, you know, uh, uh, and me included, who were saying when the Batgirl news dropped on Wednesday, 
was this the first shoe dropping after the underperformance of DC League of Super Pets? Is that what precipitated all of these big moves at Warner Brothers? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it probably didn't help what yeah. DC Super League of Super Pets did. So, all right, let's just go because we, we got a movie. So I'm going to say number one is going to be Bullet Train. That's a slam doink, I think, is number one. Then what? DC League of Super Pets is going to be number two. Then what was after that? Nope. nope. Will be number three. Then here's what could get interesting: Thor, Thor or Top Minions. Map or Minions. What were they apart last week? So I don't have the chart for last. You know week. what? I'm going to say Minions because I think that Bullet Train is going to take more Thor people than Minions people. Mm-hmm. And then Thor five. I think Maverick's out of the top five this week. All right. I'm going to go bullet train number one. I'm going to say, and this is going to be a little crazy, but just to mix it up. I'm going to say nope over DC Super Pets. Okay. So bullet train, nope, DC League of Super Pets. Then I'm going to say Thor Love and Thunder, and then I'm going to round it out with some minions, The Rise of Gru. Nice. Great. Um, So this was a great episode. I think we clarified everything that's happening in the news. Uh, We went long, so we didn't get a chance to get to some of these great emails that we got uh, this week. I mean, we got some really fiery emails. Marcus emailed us. He's upset about the Warner Brothers situation. He says that the American taxpayer Joe Lunchpail is on the hook at the end of the day because these jokers decided they'd rather not do their job with entertaining audiences. Warner Brothers might as well throw in the towel Scrap their entire release slate to see how much they could fleece Uncle Sam for. He's mad about the tax breaks. Wow, and that is, he didn't like that. I mean, it is true. Joe Lunchpail is paying for these tax write-offs, and Marcus is canceling his HBO Max subscription. Uh, Reed says that he uh, fans are upset because they shelved Batgirl and Scoob 2, Electric Boogaloo. So let's announce a release date for a popular Academy Award-winning film sequel featuring Lady Gaga, a release date that's two years away. Why today? To deflect from bad press. So Reed nailed it. That's why the Joker 2. Austin is just really upset about this. This gives me flashbacks, war flashbacks to December 2020 when they decided to dump all their 2021 films on HBO Max. Uh, he says the tax write-off would be bigger than the value they got off HBO. This move makes them look awful, and while talent people may have sort of moved on from day-and-day debacle, this feels just like another strike for what against what used to be a talent-friendly studio. Guess Universal is the hot new place for creative freedom. Well, so that's, that's the from thing. Austin. <clears throat> Austin is talent. Austin right? is Austin's talent. Austin's an actor, and so this hurts him. Like, imagine, imagine Austin was... The villain in this movie. Right. His first big, giant breakthrough role. And it's never going to be seen. Right. Like, how would he feel about it? And how would we feel about that? Oh, I mean, listen, w- the B.O. boys would be, have been up in arms. Listen, we feel bad for Michael Keaton. We feel bad for the actress who played Batgirl, for the directors who direct this movie. But if Austin, wanna B.O. boy Austin had been in Batgirl, uh, B.O. boys would have lit we're, their ass on we're fire. We're taking to the streets. Yeah. We're taking to the streets. Yeah. So thanks and for And I never Austin. take to the streets. No, no. You stay inside. So, and then last thing, want to thank our buddy Adam from the Stacks, who did point out 
a little technical error yeah. in an episode that oh, I got you're staring at me in anger. No, not I'm saying thank you to Adam for listening closely, letting us know we fixed it. Adam from the Stacks, glad to hear that you're doing well in the Stacks. Yes. And uh, let us know what movies you've seen. Yes, we need some Stacks updates, Adam. More from Adam. Adam, yeah. great. Thank you for coming in in an urgent uh, time yeah. of need. But also, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, how are you doing, Adam? Yeah. Um, all right, so email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. We got to go see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And uh, yeah. Until next time. We'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>